Welcome everyone to Wrestling Is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. Sancho, this is the GOAT episode. Can you guess why it, this is the GOAT episode? Why is it the GOAT episode? Because it's episode number 23 of Wrestling oh. Is Cool. Michael Jordan. LeBron James. LeBron James. Buddy, we are here. Hey. We've made it. We're greatness. We're we here. Are. And Santi, you stumbled on the new segment, Stump Santi. It is the guest of wrestler in 30 seconds. You have not been told about this. 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? One, no. two, three, go. A uh, male wrestler. Yes. Uh, active right now. No. Uh, okay. Are they a Hall of Famer? No. Um, are they fictional? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Are they from a movie? No. Um, 15 seconds. Firefly Funhouse? <laughs> No. TV show? <laughs> no. Uh, WWE? Five seconds. Yes, kind of. Kind of. Five seconds. Uh, un <laughs> Undertakers? No. Why? Eh. I don't know, eh. dude. Dude, this is well, so final unfair. Guess. Final guess. Okay, a fictional something from the WWE. Yeah. Uh, um, give me uh, Sister Abigail. It is Drake the Snake Roberts, baby. <laughs> oh, you were so close yet so far, dude. John Cena, oh. when he that John Cena Instagram, when he says these Instagram posts are there for your interpretation, we knew what that one was. When there was no interpretation, there was a very, very clear motive with. A very clear interpretation that Cena was going for. I wanted to start off wrestling as cool, a little spice this today, you know, just to get it the blood flowing for you, Santi. Oh, oh, I mean, like the blood was already flowing, man. We're in the road to WrestleMania. This press conference is getting absolutely bananas. They like wrestling is just in the mouths of everyone, it seems. We're gonna be talking yes. more about the press conference. Uh, last week's episode of Wrestling is Cool is currently our most listened to episode on YouTube. And thank I think you. it was because of the press conference. We want to thank you. No, How, I thought it was because of me, but it, okay. It's, no, it's not. Uh, but it <laughs> but uh, if you listen to that episode on YouTube, you realize that like, yo, it was way too late. Like you caught it after the press conference. We didn't even mm -hmm. get to talk about the press conference. So if you want to get the most up-to-date episode of Wrestling is Cool, make sure that you're checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Santi's app, where you're going to get the Wrestling is Cool podcast three days earlier than everyone on the planet. Unfortunately, if you listen to it on YouTube, you're just getting this like late version, man. It's just not yeah. as good. Dale Bread. <laughs> um, Dale Bread, thoughts on it? Because I think I don't trust it. You don't trust. Okay, I don't trust anything two days old, Max. Oh, two days. Okay, mm -hmm. there's no exceptions for anything old. Okay, no what about fridge pizza? Never. Really? Like if you Why? have, I could go get another pizza. There's something to be said about reheated pizza that I, I, I just don't think you can capture that magic. I mean, you could air fry it, sure. It'll bring a little bit of back, a little bit of spunk back, but I'm of the mind that... Here's the thing, Santi. For those of you who don't know, I'm a host and caster for a variety of things, and not only is my job is to stay on point, but it's to stay healthy. And I don't want to, like, you know, pay, pay the price. You know what I mean? I can't pay it twice. Hmm. I understand what you're saying. So yes. you would prefer to throw out the calories... The day that one day or two days later for the sake of not committing the sin again of eating the pizza so that you can stay in tip top shape for your casting 
the streamer Correct. bowl which you were a part of last week thank you yes yeah. streamer bowl five and what was that what was that like it was cool man there was a lot of moments for those of you who know it was where they brought streamers and nfl stars and you know uh, being quickly is it was in vegas so i was part of the Super Bowl hubbub and the WrestleMania presser hubbub. Yeah, I saw a banner in the MGM Grand for the presser. It was kind of crazy to see surreal. Um, I wish I was able to go to the presser because it happened at the same time as Super Bowl. But we had big NFL stars, Jordan Love, Tua Tungo Vialoa, will you try to say twice, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they were all mixing with the Twitch folks that you may know of, like the Will Neffs of the world and the Tyler one. So it was a fun mix. It's a fun time, man. The one thing I, in this show is like it's only three hours, so you have to get in, get out. You have to nail it, and you have to stick the landing. When it comes to like live events, I have since I'm, I have a theater background, I never, I rarely get nervous. But for those kinds of things, you just got to be ready. You know, it, my favorite moments are just sitting on the stage, getting ready with music. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, it's performing, man, in front of an audience, in front of a Twitch audience. So it's kind of fun. Be cool if WWE did something with Twitch. I mean, they have I that kind of it, deal dude. where you know, but it's not really a deal where wrestlers are able to stream on Twitch. It'd be cool It'd if be they really leaned into it. WrestleMania uh, weekend week, go over there with Twitch, and we could do like a streamer bowl for wrestling. I think because with Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed, aka the Commission, kind of funny, you could kind of get away with that because he would be the one person you go to, and he would bring all the wrestlers that are down for gaming. But I think the only thing about Twitch is like the best part of Twitch is when it's sadly enough, when it's not about gaming as much, it's seeing people in their own active environment in a different place. But like I said, I wish I could be at the presser. I mean, I wanted to go so badly, but it was literally started right when my show started. So you may have not seen it because all eyes are on that presser, man. Was there buzz in Vegas for that presser? I'm very curious because obviously there's so much going on in Vegas because it, of the Super Bowl. Or, or did, did it just get lost in the mix of the craziness of, of Super Bowl weekend for the average folk? That's a good question. I feel because it's Vegas, Vegas always has something going on. There's always a conference. There's always like some weird off-brand, weird company that's having a conference. There was a conference for technology that was in the same as the MGM. There, like I said, there was that one banner, but mainly it was the Super Bowl people, I mean, NFL people walk around with their jerseys and stuff. So I would say the Super Bowl dominated that. But if you took away the the banners and all the jerseys and stuff, you would think it's just a normal Vegas day, honestly. I mean, granted, I was not around the T-Mobile. I didn't go to the T-Mobile arena, but if you were looking at a map, it's the T-Mobile arena, and then across the street is the Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. And then you have the the MGM Park, which is an auditorium. So it's all like bunched together. And so it, it, it was since it was closer to the Super Bowl area or the big game. I don't want to get copyright strike. Uh, you would say that it was mainly Super Bowl related. Mm -hmm. But there, what frustrates me the most is when I do a show, I'm like walking around, getting ready. I'm doing LA Night isms. I'm doing I'm doing acknowledge me's and stuff like that and and no one's hip to it in, in the the Twitch world like it, it, you know what I mean it, yeah. it's not there yet wrestling's everywhere now but for some reason Twitch is late to the party that's that's embarrassing man yelling out some yes and then not getting a yeah back from anyone uh. <laughs> uh, somebody just yells back shut up <laughs> uh, dude I was I was just be like. Doing the LA, nah, no one, no one, man. No, if wrestling is is there, 
But in, you need to be like near wrestling type venues. And what I mean is like an amusement park, you know, like uh, one of those carnivals, mm -hmm. those kind of things. Like that's where I get recognized the most. I don't know if you've been recognized before running out and about, but at wrestling events, that's when people go, like, oh, hey, man, you're Sancho West. I've seen you on TikTok and I've seen you on your streams. Like that's the only place I get recognized is that outside of video game conventions. Yeah, that for me, it's it's wrestling shows. At wrestling shows, it's it's like... It's a lot. It's pretty often like that makes sense to me. But then, you know, anywhere outside of that, it's like once in a blue moon where it might happen. Like at TwitchCon, it happened a few times. But really, right. like you like you said, I think there is there is this weird separation of wrestling culture in in. I don't know what what would the other culture be gaming culture or I don't know, just just pop culture, entertainment. Yeah, pop culture yeah, in general, in, in, entertainment. This is not the 80s where wrestling was a thing or even the attitude error. But I think what the presser did, which was from what I saw, was the most watched. Like combative presser of all time, I think is blending those lines. And I think that is a credit to The Rock. And I think no one is going to want to give him due. And we mentioned this before in the other podcast is that The Rock is pushing this entire WrestleMania 40 to a, another stratosphere. And no one's going to give him credit because they don't want him to get the credit. It's, he's... it's him, though. It, it is a thousand percent him. We would not be, obviously, us wrestling fans, let's say CM Punk didn't get injured. Let's say we were still just going down the regular road uh, to WrestleMania that we were originally gonna go down when we kind of looked at the landscape in in december and it just looked like the greatest wrestlemania ever yes we would all be hyped yes we would all be talking about it but the rock has brought a new audience a new a new type of conversation a conversation that is worth having with people like my girlfriend that doesn't uh that, that doesn't watch wrestling she'll be like so why why does everyone hate the rock right now why is everyone talking about The Rock? I'm seeing all of this stuff popping up on my on my social media feed. She doesn't watch wrestling in any capacity, and yet we have non-wrestling fans asking questions and wanting to potentially dip their toes to learn more about what happened with The Rock because then what did I do? I immediately showed her those uh, like a 3-minute compilation of the press conference and she's like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Like, "Oh, I, I didn't know The Rock was mean." I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, buddy, you don't even know. Just wait till we get the full-blown Hollywood Rock." But this is getting so many people that wouldn't have regularly paid attention paying attention to WrestleMania. Question. Yes. As a podcast here, as a community wrestling school, and in the comments down below, we need to figure out what is this version of The Rock called. Now, I saw in the bloodline uh, what TikTok that The Rock was giving when you had his slides and everything. His he, PowerPoint he, presentation his PowerPoint looking PowerPoint. like Jack Steve Jobs out there. <laughs> um, he is he is the high chief. Like in in real life, he is a high chief in the bloodline. Is it too? I don't want culturally inappropriate to call him the high chief as the heel here. Like because Rome is the tribal chief and he's the high chief. Is that is that what we could call this version of Heel Rock, High Chief Rock? I, I don't know what the vernacular is in, in Samoan Polynesian culture. Makes sense to it be a title above the tribal chief. Like you said, I don't know what that title is, and I, I know exactly what you're going for. Because uh, he does feel like the final boss of this situation, which yeah. is fascinating because I feel like he went in 
well, and we thought he was going to be the shoehorn hero, and he came out being the like a uh, a uh, uh, Soulsborne boss. You know, like yeah. what I what I was trying to explain to somebody that, that that's into gaming and this, and I was like, imagine you know you're taking out Roman Reigns, you and and you hit him. You know, that's the end of his health bar video game style. And then epic music plays, and then the the health bar regenerates and he turns into the Rock. This is where we are now, where he is the final boss. He has to be some sort of title ahead of Roman Reigns. That's obviously I don't know what that title is, but um, I get the sentiment you're going for, and I agree with it. Like chairman of the board, Rock, CEO, Rock, boss, Rock. You you mentioned you know CEO, Rock, Chairman, Rock. Do you think that they bring those real life power dynamics into this storyline? Because obviously Triple H has been the chief content officer on screen and off screen right when they do what those a, press what a made up what a made dude, up that's so fa- such a fake title i i agree with you i so agree with you um they call him that when he's coming out I to the ring content creator for my youtube channel <laughs> <laughs> they they call him the the chief content officer when he's coming out to the ring at press conferences and just about everything that he does on screen and off screen they refer to him as that the yes. rock uh at least as of the making of this video they haven't on on WWE TV properly used his title of board of directors of TKO just yet. They've alluded to it with it doesn't mm. it doesn't matter where you sit, which could be sitting at the board of directors, sitting at the head of the table. Think of, depends on how you interpret it. Um, Triple H mentioning that people have this perception of power that they don't actually have. So they're starting to perhaps plant the seeds for this board of directors rock as you as you refer to him as how deep do you think we get with the blurring of the lines of real life power dynamics versus on-screen power dynamics i saw a lot of comments on the pressers youtube channel in general on the socials where people are like this feels real like i've been watching wrestling for a long time and this presser felt real because you didn't understand where that line ended Granted, I know The Rock later in a social post saying he is playing heel and da-da-da-da-da, but at the end of the day, I think as wrestling fans, especially on the Wrestling Is Cool, who, you know, the people out there that listen know that he is playing a heel, right? We all know that. Of course, kids may not know that, but at this level, it's still real to me, and I think that when it comes to it all, I think they have to deep dive into this. It's a new authority angle. It's a fresh take on the authority, and it's so bizarre to me that in you would tell me years ago that the authority of triple h with seth rollins would be a face authority yeah bizarre like what what does this mean is this like it feels like when i used to work a nine to five and my man, my manager would be like, I don't, man, it's the regional manager, man. This is what they want. And then, <laughs> and then it's like regional it's you manager. versus corporate. Right. You YouTube go to versus manager corporate. And it's like, I don't know, man. This is what the executive CEO wants. And then, it, and then you get to the final, like you mentioned, the final boss. And it's just like, you know, someone who's oblivious to the entire situation has no idea what's happening down below. But I think what's interesting is this is the reason why it's ringing a little bit true and i think it's another like what i love about wrestling and what makes wrestling is cool is that there's layers there could be layers to promos and layers to angles and for the longest time we've got a little bit of deeper layer like maybe two or three but the very like lava layer of this storyline is americans 
versus corporate. The working man who's full-time clocking in and out, grinding, doing two jobs, going against corporate America, the billionaires that are just not there, they're part-timers, they show up when they want to, and they get all the success, and they get all the whatever. And I think that's what's kind of the underlying thing that's kind of gestating here. And I think it's going to hopefully, was again, what makes wrestling is cool is that we get to see it play out. And that's what made Austin versus Vince so cool because it was the blue collar working man going up against the boss. Like, oh, wouldn't we be cool? We could stun our own boss type of vibe. But this is kind of interesting because it's going to like the, um, was it the, what's those shows on HBO? Uh, the, the shows about these wealthy Wall Street people and whatnot. God, it's going to bother me. I got to look it up now. Uh, but it, it's those kind of vibes. Succession? Like the, Yes, yeah. it's, that's, that's, that's what they could be. And I think what The Rock brings to the table is he has been involved in those kind of type shows. Like think of ballers, ballers. you know, those, those kind of things. And I think he brings that to the table. And if they could have that kind of nuanced writing, I think you're going to get something special for beyond WrestleMania 40. I want to say this, and, and, and I want to make sure the world knows. I'm awesome. I, I yes. still think it's utter and complete BS that anyone can sit here and tell me that the original Friday Night Smackdown of the cuckening of Cody Rhodes was planned. There's no way after seeing Cody Rhodes all of a sudden shift gears without explanation, right? Of like, oh, here you go, Rock. Uh, take Roman Reigns, you know, not at WrestleMania. And then literally six days later, just kidding, Roman. I do want to face you at WrestleMania. And they didn't explain the gap of how we got from A to Z and and people online reporting that like, no, this was WWE's plan all along. No way. I maybe will buy the narrative that this was their end goal, a heel rock, but there's no way that this was their plan of how to get there. The We Want Cody movement, if it didn't change plans, maybe this was still where they were planning on going. It definitely accelerated them and it definitely forced WWE to get to the next point of the story where they were uh, where they were wanting to go as soon as possible and if it meant creating that that uh plot hole of Cody Rhodes self-cucking himself then so be it but i do i am happy with the end result but there's no way that any of this is planned what is interesting you know with when we're talking about this power dynamic this weird transition from that terrible episode of smackdown to the press conference weirdly kind of adds to this unknown power dynamic of where does real start and where does it end because there were reports again and this is for the hardcore like me and you that that was a rock and tko decision that went above triple h's head that's what every news outlet was reporting which to me now when i look at things and if they plan on actually using the rock's power real life tko power um in stories and in in narratives um then that's where the lines are blurred for people that are in the hardcore like me and you that could typically predict what's a work and what isn't because now because of what happened earlier with the rock actually exerting some sort of power over triple h Anytime that this happens where the something great happens for The Rock or something that we're like, this is just not very Triple H-like, we're going to start to wonder, was that a Rock and TKO decision or was that a Triple H decision making us believe that it's a TKO decision? Is this a work? Is this real? And that is fascinating because we haven't seen this type of dynamic before because we've seen 
We've seen power struggles in WWE storytelling before. Team Teddy Long versus Team Laurinaitis. We've seen uh, Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon. The contract does say McMahon. It says Shane McMahon. So these power dynamics and power struggles in WWE storytelling has been there for a very long time. But people like the me, use and the people that are listening... We know that it all ran through one guy. It was all Vince, always Vince. Now we can't actually say that. We don't know necessarily who has made this call. Was this a Triple H call? Was this a Rock call? Was this a TKO call? I made a video about this where I talked about uh, potentially creating some sort of narrative of team authority versus team board of directors because I would doubt that they would ever use the word TKO in the in the same vein as a villain. Right. But I think right. board of directors would be such a cool faceless organization. And if you have played Metal Gear before, there's a faceless organization called the Patriots. I feel like it could be something similar to that, where there's this just over looming power above Triple H that could make us believe are actually pulling the strings, which makes me not know what's a work, what's real, what's what's where am I being played? And that to me makes me ridiculously excited because I haven't seen this before ever. Does he does they appear in a in a form of a laptop on a podium? <laughs> oh God, let's not do that again. God. Uh, okay, I agree with you, and I think we there's two sides to this coin here that I'm, the statement I'm about to say. We are fortunate that Triple H is the guy representing the, the the good of the face authority because he actually could do promos and he actually has a better presence than anyone in the past. Um, besides like Vince and then the authority thought the vibe. I'm talking about like the Teddy Longs and the Lori Nice and things like that. This is a better type of you wouldn't want this person in this driver's seat to the headlong that, but it is unfortunate that Triple H cannot get physical in the ring. I do predict sometime on the road WrestleMania that someone will get their hands on Triple H and it's going to be The Rock. And I think The Rock is just going to be a slapping, slapping guy. He's going to be like the, a Will Smith out there. He's going to go after Cody. He's going to hit Triple H. And I think he's going to get his hands on Triple H and they're going to sell a little bit of the angle of the heart here uh, for Triple H and it's going to get mega heat on The Rock. When you talk about blurring the lines, that will blur the line completely of The Rock going to be like, I told you to fix it, and he's going to slap Triple H, and then Triple H cannot fight him back because of his condition. And, you know, that's just the best heel thing to do in this situation. When it comes to wrestling, Santi, I always go for what's the most what's the most impactful thing that they can do here? That's when I thought about, you know, Sami Zayn versus Nakamura on Monday Night Raw. I was like, Sami has to lose. It's just It makes perfect sense for Sami to be on this massive L streak to the next PLE. So in this situation... Triple H has to continue to be, he needs to get some shine on him. The the heel rock needs to grow bigger. He needs to get more physical and he needs to abuse his quote unquote power in this situation. But I have to say this, Triple H and the rock, man, if it, if it could happen, that would have been, whew, we wanted it for so long, man. It's just a tale as old as time, dude. They're just so good in the ring together. They're They're destined to feud for the end of time. Like, and what's it's interesting, you have to think about this. Paul Triple H does not come from a royal family. He's an yeah. outsider. Yeah. He's not a Rhodes. He's not in the bloodline. There's not a lot. He's not a Mysterio. So there's it's, it's interesting to think about that. Like, what does Triple H have to do? I mean, he was inserted to the McMahon royal family, but 
You know, it's just something to think about. You know, it, Triple H married into it. People thought he was married just because he wanted to take over. There's a little thing for Triple H here if they want to explore to dig out a little bit, blur the lines more. I like that you mentioned that Triple H isn't part of a, per se, by, royal family. By the way, he stands in the H line. <clears throat> Stop. We're not going to. No, you're not no, going to trigger does. me. You're not going to trigger he me. Does. Triple H starts stand, with a T. Enough. It's Hunter Horse Hemsley. Stop. He stands in the H line. No. Period. No, 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 no. Yeah. Why is he in the T's in every video game then? Because you cannot. You, me. you, you cannot shove Hunter Horse Hemsley in that little line. You could just do HHH and they don't do that. It's Triple H. Anytime it's he comes Hunter out. Hurst Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Look, we've I've 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 fought at nauseum over this, and I'm not gonna let you reel me back in into this fight. Let me right? know in the comments. Triple H, is it a is he, if he goes to the DNV? Yeah. All right, is he a D? Not a D. Sorry, a T or an H? Chat. An H. Everyone, let us know in the comments section. This episode of Wrestling Is Cool is sponsored by Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that sends delicious meals right to your door. And we're talking like delicious, like chef-made meals, nothing like frozen or lazy. Because if you're anything like me, then meal prepping has probably been a huge headache for you. I mean, at least it has been for me, and I've been able to completely get that off of my list. Also, for me personally, I've been on a weight loss journey, and Factor has helped in that tremendously because because I'm not ordering bad food in the middle of the night because there's always delicious ready-made meals right in my fridge that were delivered right to my door. Because I'm trying to lose weight, I always order from their calorie smart options, which are meals that are 550 calories or less. But they've got different types of meals for everyone. If you want meals with a lot of protein, they got options. If you want meals that are vegan or vegetarian, they've got options there to cover you as well. This is one of those sponsors that I can personally vouch that they have significantly improved this aspect of my life. And because they're sponsoring the show, you can head over to factormeals.com slash Santi50 and use code Santi50 to get 50% off. That's code Santi50 at factormeals.com slash Santi50 to get 50% off your first box. Once you do that, you'll be well on your way to having delicious ready-made meals delivered right to your door. Thank you to Factor for sponsoring Wrestling is Cool Now. Back to the episode. Um, yeah, Triple H is kind of like the great Gatsby in this situation where he's um wow, wow that's a pretty deep cut right deep where, cut there. yeah where, where people because if you don't know the story of the great Gatsby oh, here we go <laughs> school time uh Gatsby I've never thought I would learn this from Santi but go ahead is a very wealthy man living in upstate New York surrounded by people that are also incredibly wealthy that are all old rich that have all inherited their money that are have always been part of powerful families and they all look down on Gatsby, even though Gatsby is richer than almost all of them because Gatsby falls under the nouveau rich, the new blood, the new rich, not you a royal family. The, you remind me of the time when I wrote a college paper on why about the, the Jedi power as an Eastern religion, <laughs> the Jedi. That's what you remind me of. Let me tell you why Triple H is like the great Gatsby. <laughs> When you when you ridicule it like this, it is not, fucking not, it is stupid. If you're a professor or teacher reading this, you're just like, hey, just get out of here. I don't want to read this dumb paper. But no, you make a valid point. You make a valid point, Santi. There's someone out there that goes, oh, I get it now. Yeah, you know? I get it. Like, uh, all right. All right, let's go this with one more one more pop culture reference with Triple H. I do want to see him. 
because uh, obviously he's not going to be able to, to have a match. I do want a Game of Thrones style trial by combat where Triple H chooses his champion to to defend him, right? And, oh, and the coin drops. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we're going to talk about the potential tag match involving Seth Rollins, but can I throw a name out there for you as Triple H's champion? Randy okay. Orton. Randy Orton versus The, the Rock. Killer. Hmm? The legend killer. The legend killer, Randy Orton, coming in to try and kill the legend of The Rock. This the guy, King Slayer. The King Slayer. He is, a, he is the fruit of Triple H's labors, dating as far back as, as Evolution. We've never seen The Rock versus Randy Orton. That's kind of a lie. They had a tag team match at WrestleMania 20, Rock and Sock versus uh, Evolution. So there's a little bit of history there. Uh, and it could maybe further that conversation um, of, uh, uh, I guess, the narrative of Randy Orton versus the bloodline. And I would love for Randy Orton, uh, you, know, like, you know those like TV shows where you have this hero, they, they look like they can't be stopped, that's Randy Orton, and mm -hmm. then they go and face that villain and they get absolutely mauled. That's yeah, kind of like, what uh, I want to really like set Thanos the- And the Hulk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want, mm -hmm. I want Randy to be the Hulk in this situation where he goes and just gets obliterated by the Rock to set the pace. That oh my, this is the High Chief Dwayne Johnson. He cannot be stopped. He really is the final boss of this situation. Look what he just did to Randy. Do. To the, Randy Orton, what Brock Lesnar did to John Cena at SummerSlam, where he just created this allure of this unstoppable monster so that we can set up, you know, whether it's a final battle, final boss battle between Cody and The Rock. I, I want them to build The Rock as this unstoppable being right now. And I mm. think a, a, a champion match. You know, Triple H, this is my champion. This is the guy that has represented WWE for years. Going and getting mauled by The Rock would be a really... One, I would love to see Randy versus The Rock in some capacity. But I just think that you said... You talked about getting uh, The Rock some heat. Obviously, slapping Triple H is a great way to get him some heat and, and doing some heel stuff. But yeah. to create the, uh, like, the aura... To yeah. further that aura, I would love to see him squash someone like Randy. And I don't say that lightly. I really like Randy Orton. So basically, Nia Jax. Squash. No. You wouldn't. You would no. no. I, what, what is that comparison? The Rock and Nia Jax? Stop. I, I just, I agree with you. I think if The Rock was squashing big timers and full timers, you build a narrative of blowing the line, blurring the line that it is creative, this new creative that is giving him this kind of red carpet treatment that, you know, it could it could even be one rock bottom and done, you know, on against Randy. And that would just be you would be like, whoa, that's a that's a super rock bottom there. <laughs> yeah. Who, you know what we'd be wondering? Rock booked himself to do this. The that's board of directors saying. booked himself. It would, and that's it, it, brilliant. It, it, it would keep be you would have this narrative like Rock's ruining wrestling, like The Rock ruined Black Adam, like The Rock is ruining Disney, yada yada yada. And why, by the way, why is Moana catching strays on Raw? <laughs> Dude, so many strays. He got two. Like, come on, that's like it's the number one stream movie of all time right now. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't it's, know that actually. Is that it's true? The number one stream movie last year is Moana. It's a, it's a great movie, man. It's a what can I say except it's not you're great welcome. Movie. It like twenty times a week, bro. Oh, 
you, can, you know what? That was frozen for me. Uh, I'm not a dad, but I uh, my niece lived with me for for a few months. Yeah, and it was just frozen for oh, yeah. on on nonstop repeat. I can I I'm not going to, but I can sing you just about every single song from Frozen word for word. Into the unknown, or talk oh, about Frozen one or Frozen two. Oh, a one one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Literally every single word. Do that you, is a you, special talent. Do you, do you think Sami Zayn is Olaf? <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just try to get the summer you know what, I mean? what do you think they're gonna do with Sami Zayn? because i i obviously i'm kind of derailing us here for a second but welcome to wrestling is cool we derail ourselves all the time we come back and get and, you to the finish line though don't look, you worry i looked at the timestamps. i was like i like that the other episode was an organic fluid conversation go for the ride you know? yeah yeah go for that taker last ride what when we when we're recording this is after Monday Night Raw and the main event was Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. Why was that main eventing? It's just two losers. It's two guys that haven't won in months. Why was I meant to care? Okay, okay, calm down. It, right, okay, well, tell me Nakamura's what? last win before this. Tell me Sami yeah, Zayn's last win okay. before this. I know it what? was good for Nakamura. It was good. It was. He needed a win. I love that. Two, it was vintage Nakamura. It gave me a lot of NXT vibes, and he was fantastic in it. And three, Losers. of course, they're trying, to, they're trying to build up Sammy, but I think it should have been the match before that because what's right now is most important is qualifying for the Elimination Chamber. Mm. So I thought Ellie Knight and Ivar should have been invented. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did not just transition this, this little thought of mine into making Ellie Knight Excuse main me. event sir, to show I that have the floor, sir, sir. I have the floor, sir. I have the talking stick, okay? First off, LA Knight on Raw, hello, that's different. That should be a something special. Two, where's the LA Knight promo? Hello, he's on Raw. It's special. And it's the Elimination Chamber qualifier. You okay. don't think that's more important than Nakamura and Sami Zayn, as you said, the losers? <laughs> I, okay, you're using my own words against me, and I hate this. This is actually your... Um, no, no, no. LA Knight versus Ivar should not be main eventing Raw. Why not? I can't give you a reason why not. It's just a feeling that LA I have. Knight, no, you're just an LA Knight <laughs> hater. You're allergic to the glaze. You need to open up that mouth and let the glaze back in again, okay? No. Uh, why, why, all of a sudden, when CM Punk and Randy came back, you've been on this anti-LA Knight vibe. You know? I have not been on an anti-LA Knight vibe. You just, you I quote, you literally just said, Nakamura and Sammy, they, what's it for? It meant nothing. And here I am presenting something that meant something. And you're like, nah, it didn't be dead. Nah, no, why? And I, and I seen your reaction. You like Ivar. I like Ivar. Everyone likes Ivar. Okay. I suggested he should change his gimmick to a middle-aged dad. Shave the beard, get a you know, wear pants, wear a button up. It'd be awesome because you'd be like, dude, that's a dad in there wrecking shop. <laughs> It'd be a great gimmick. But back to my point, Sammy Zane, what they're going for about this entire thing, I see it. It's an underdog story. I think the better version of Sammy Zane was him fighting against the power. And I think that probably got a little bit too uncomfortable for the WWE brass. And they probably now leaned into this whole thing that he's just losing. It's a much more simpler versus the more complex of him saying, I'm fighting against power. The judgment day have too much power, bloodline have too much power. And they were like, all right, we need to scale it back to you. You're just losing all the time, which is unfortunate. I do think he's going to end up 
weaseling his way to a world title match. I think that that's what they're because I think when I look at the at the already incredible field of the men's elimination chamber match, holy smokes, Randy, Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, LA Knight I guess, and uh, and Bobby Lashley with the potential of adding Logan Paul, uh, Dominic Mysterio, or or Kevin Owens, like that is that is a star-studded elimination chamber match, and yet somehow. Far and away, the favorite is still, of course, Drew McIntyre. But yes. because we've seen Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins so many times, and the fact that, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, I think it's very likely that Seth Rollins ends up doing double duty at um, at WrestleMania. I wouldn't be surprised if that World Heavyweight title match ends up becoming a triple threat with Sami Zayn sneaking his way in there. One, uh, you know, to help cap off uh, Sami Zayn's career with a huge victory. Uh, two, um, I guess put a button on this narrative of, of the Sami Zayn losing streak and him finding his way to WrestleMania, as he keeps saying, and three, give a match to Seth Rollins where he doesn't have to work 100% of the time in a triple threat environment where he can rest and, and not injure himself as he potentially has to save himself for this uh, tag team main event that they're alluding to. You keep shaking your head. No, you know, he's like, doing, he's doing no, this, like, no. like this gym at the office thing where he's, he's kind of like trying to break the fourth wall, trying to tell the listeners and the viewers that Asante's such a moron. Let's hear it. No. What do you got? Oh, oh, oh no, I don't want Sammy to win the title. Give Drew his due, baby. That's the new title that we're going for. Give Drew his due. He is the MVP of Monday Night Raw right now. It used to be Judgment Day, and Judgment Day, I don't know what they're doing. They got sidetracked by R-Truth. They're now a comedic thing. Damien is trying to be this head honcho. It's not working for me. Finn Balor's wearing Gucci Versace shirts. Not working for me. Where's Dom and Mommy? All right? Judgment Day on ice. And so in comes in Drew to save the day. He CM Punk's out. Number one t-shirt. I'm a top five t-shirt seller. Drew is the MVP, and Drew should get this title, dude. Give him the title, a heel run with Drew McIntyre. He's doing some great work. I, I, don't, I don't see why people hate Drew right now. I see people go like, I don't get him. He's not my thing. But the dude's hilarious. He's cutting great promos, blurring the lines a lot in his promos, saying the things that we all want to say. And at the same time, the dude's a physical specimen. This dude could go. He's a workhorse, and he has, a, he has very valid reasons to go after the title. He's been screwed multiple times. And I, I truly think you, you want Seth to do double duty. If you're going to make him do double duty, it should just be a squash match with Drew and Seth. A squash because match? Who's getting squashed? Your dreams. All right. That's what... <laughs> no, I look, I people, I again, the world title being held on to Seth is so long. It, it, gives no flexibility in this situation. You gotta make it grand and grandiose in order to keep the, the belt being like at a higher, not a second tier belt. Let's just call it, it is, it just is secondary. It's the workhorse belt, so let it be, go to a workhorse and Drew McIntyre. And maybe I'm just drinking the Drew McIntyre Kool-Aid off that hairy chest. I'm sorry. I did, we did not need that visual, but I, it's a it's a visual I fully understand and I understand where you're yeah. coming from, my friend. I get it. Like, like brood style. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't need any further explanation on that. I thought I thought it was pretty clear where what you were what you were doing there. Um, I'm not the only one. Come on, Santi, <laughs> you're with me, aren't you? I I kind of am. I'm not. I feel like the the chest hair just adds a little extra garnish. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? My dad told me to eat the garnish, 
And I ate it because I trusted my father, and he was like, you weren't supposed to eat that. Like, it tasted horrible. So, thanks, Dad. So, what do you think is the, is the play here with WrestleMania? Let's pretend for a second that oh, Seth God. Rollins is doing double duty. For those that yeah. maybe aren't up to date, the WWE released this Super Bowl commercial, not on the Super Bowl. They're like, ah, we're not going to pay Easier. the $7 million. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they released it like right before the Super Bowl uh, that showed The Rock and Roman Reigns facing off against um, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins in like this dystopian world. It was it was a pretty cool teaser alluding yeah. to a potential I would assume night one main event WrestleMania match between those four in a tag team match environment, which would then mean that Roman and Cody Rhodes and presumably Seth Rollins are all doing double duty at uh, at WrestleMania. Cool. That's fantastic. I'm down for that. These these are some some great workers. And if you were going to tell me a year ago that Roman Reigns was going to work two nights in one night, I'd say you're a filthy liar because this man won't even work one time in a three month stretch. So I'm OK with this. It's like Santi doing Fall Guys right after his oh, reaction. Oh, you had to bring that up. That's a sore spot with my communities. Where's Fall Guys? Where's Fall Guys? Oh, part-timer. Where's Fall Guys? Where do you put Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship match then? If if that's if the tag match is the night one main event, and it will be a main event for sure, um, considering they've been talking a lot about how the first WrestleMania was main evented by a tag team match. I think they, they were just kind of trying to ease you into it hey just just remember you were okay with last year being a tag team match the first wrestlemania was a tag team match we're gonna give you a tag team match here as well where does the seth rollins world title match then come into play is it gonna be earlier in night one because i feel like if it's earlier in night one you could go one of two ways either it's incredibly predictable seth rollins wins because you don't want him to lose any of that steam going into the tag match or The Rock goes out there or Roman Reigns goes out there during Seth Rollins' match and costs him the title, getting some extra heat for that match later on in the night. What would you like to see? That's tough, right? Because what the chamber is for a match with Seth Rollins, yeah. right? So that's, that's for sure. Like that, <laughs> right. unless Rock inserts himself, which again would be some pretty dope uh, corporate board of directors rock heel heat if he were to insert himself in there and, and win the elimination chamber that actually be pretty rad um i doubt that'll be the case but for sure we have at least one seth rollins match being the world heavyweight title match this tag team match that's the one that we are presuming would it be I think Seth has to have that belt going into that, right? He needs it. I would it adds think so. a little bit. It adds a little bit more, like oomph to that. I mean, you have another champion versus champion. I mean, they did the stare down between Roman and Seth. You have that pass of the Shield. He, Seth mentioned it in his promo, which is one of his best promos, I think. But I think it went still a little bit too long on Monday Night Raw. He could have got to the point a lot sooner. Um, but I think you have to have Seth to have the belt, and he has to walk out of Mania as a title. I mean. That's what I mean. If Seth did not have the title now, I think the strength is still there in that tag team, right? Because yeah. Seth is the workhorse, and it protects The Rock from working too hard, protects Roman from working too hard, and Cody and Seth could kind of do all the, the work in that one. I, I just, for me, when it comes down to it, the thing about it when I was going to say it is, it's like, why can't we just give the belt away for free on television? I was just remember, I was just remember seeing someone posted a SmackDown clip of Friday Night SmackDown and they had like a championship belt, like a fatal four-way. And I thought, 
dude, this is cool. It's on t it's on free television, and someone lost the belt. Like, why not do that with Seth? But you can't you can't do that now. There's just no backing out. It's it's kind of locked in that Seth needs this belt. Yeah, they I they did handcuff themselves. And That's what I mean. It, it's it's a shame though. Yeah, it, it, this this situation needs no belts. It doesn't need any belts. You're right. The tag team match does not need any oh, belts. What I was gonna say yeah. is, is it dumb? To have a tag team for the single belt? I, I mean, could could it be like the dumbest thing that the creative of the Rock side could say, hey, Seth, this tag team's for the title. And what if the title just goes to the bloodline and Roman could carry it or the Rock could carry it? Like, you know, it, it's it's never been done before, but it would make you feel like the fix is in type of vibe. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think objectively, based on what we know about professional wrestling tropes and what we're used to, it is objectively stupid. Is but it? we've also not seen it before. So it would be disingenuous for me to dismiss it entirely as a, as a like good it, possibility. Though? I don't like, know. I don't know if I would like that. I would definitely add a lot more uh, meat and potatoes to this tag match where it would just without any sort of additional stakes it's just a really a really important tag match but if you were to add the titles in there and if the rock and roman are now one and two champions in the wwe i mean talk about heel rock heat that we were talking about i don't think i love the idea of it being in a tag match but i've never seen that before so i actually don't know whether i'd love it or not yeah. The point I'm trying to make, and before people like sound off in the comments, like, no, it's a singles belt. I get that, but in the era where belts matter, in in a sense of who who's holding on to them, and this belt has not been off of Seth in a clean way, he's gone through everybody on the roster that because a big contender, why not let him get screwed out of the belt with the Rock being the reason why? I don't know. I don't, it, it makes no sense, but what didn't make sense is Cody giving the spot to The Rock and then going back and giving it in and saying, I changed my mind. And if you ever watch The Presser now, you feel like you watch like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, well, I guess the scene was supposed to happen later in the timeline. I don't understand. <laughs> Do you think uh, they ever explain that uh, no. that plot hole? Because no. I... I, I uh... I laughed at the notion of them doing like a flashback and it's yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. Dude. Like a backstage conversation between the rock and, and Cody Rhodes where the rock, you know, does the whole people's champion convinces Cody Rhodes to give up his opportunity. Cody Rhodes walks away, like happy with his decision. And then it just pans to the rock telenovela style where his, fa his face changes from good guy to bad guy. And he just yeah. smells the air. And then that's our explanation for, for how we got to this point. I, I would love for them to, in some capacity to retcon how, why this happened, but I doubt they ever will. I don't think they're ever going to acknowledge the cuckening of Cody Rhodes. If you ever feel like, if you ever feel like you've got a, a, a sneak peek on what's it like of the meta multiverse, that's it right there. In another timeline, we're getting Rock and Roman clean. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think about it. You ever had those deja vu moments? That was a like a multiverse moment for everybody in the universe. I, tag team match, sure, I'll take it. Protects the Rock. It makes this feud go longer. I don't think you do. You still end it in night two with Cody and Roman. I would Is assume. It, I ah oh man, it just it 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 all depends because if if Cody Roman ends up being the night one main event and the night two main event is that tag match. 
Do we really have Roman? Is there any chance Roman loses at the night one main event to Cody Rhodes? Because I don't think so. No way. That, that, it's over. When Roman loses that belt, his story's over. This man could ride off to the sunset. I had a crazy idea, though. Hear me, hear me out. There we go. Yeah, All there right, we go. Wrap in for another Bef Sancho booking. Before you do that, I've, yes. I've been hearing, I'll just say this, record-breaking, record-breaking number of hear me outs over the last week and a half. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's been, it's, it's been a joy reading your three-paragraph-long uh, fantasy bookings. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your manifestos. Well, here, here's one in person. <clears throat> you could turn the bloodline face. This is how you do it. The Rock and Roman get desperate because Cody is assembling the Avengers. We've seen him on Monday Night Raw. He's talking to Seth. He's talking to Jay. He's like, Cody's like, I'm there for you. And Seth's like, I'm going to be there for you. And all the faces are like, I'm there for you. I got your back always. So that happens. And then Paul Heyman gets a little scared. He's like, we need more help. I don't know where Solo is. <laughs> Solo is somewhere. <laughs> Jimmy is just, uh, just, you know, just hanging out with his thumb yeah, out. Hanging <laughs> out with his thumb up, you know where. Where the nuggets go. Where Cody. do the nuggets go? <laughs> That's where they go, Cody. That was a great moment. Pat McAfee was like, dude, was like just, yeah. dude I, I love that. Pat McAfee getting called out for like, dude, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's so good. That's why Pat McAfee's is a sleeper signing that it's going to continue to pay dividends. As I'll say, Paul Heyman panics. He's like, we need to make the bloodline stronger. Calls in Jacob Fatu. And Fatu, for you don't know, is a very, very prominent free agent that has a lot of issues out of the ring, but they're trying to see how well he could work, right? So this guy is, he's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. This guy's a beast. This guy does some crazy Samoan drops, and this guy is amazing, gifted. Fatu comes in, and he starts being like a more aggressive member, and he starts being very, very rude. Like, I, I've said this in, in one of my streams. I said the bloodline is not really bothering anybody. If you really think about it as a heel faction, they're not interrupting matches. They're not NWO and taking over PLEs. They're not creating their own NWO shows. They're not hijacking anything. They're just holding on to the belt. That's all they're doing. They're just existing, minding their own business, and being the prominent champion. That's all. If you really think about it, right? They sure. The only uh, heel thing they did was take out AJ Stacks, right? In a long time, that was the most heel thing they did. And then after that, they've been chilled. They've been on ice because Roman hasn't been around, right? So Fatu comes in, and he starts instigating, right? He starts taking over, destroys Cody, and he's the thing that overtakes the face uh, Avengers. And now the bloodline's on top. But Fatu goes over the line, and it too far. Attacks too far. babies. He, he, <laughs> yes. Baby faces. <laughs> and what ends up happening is Fatu creates a, a coup. And he takes over Roman because Roman's weak. And now we've created this face Roman who now is the only guy to stop Fatu. The, the heel aggressive version of the bloodline. Like the ultra, the red NWO type bloodline. Granted, red NWO was a face. But I'm talking about the ultra bloodline. You know, the deep crimson red bloodline. And now you have Fatu versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns beats Fatu to retain as the tribal chief, and then he retires. 
But why do you That's need my, why why do you need Jacob Fatu when you have the Rock right there to be the one that takes over the bloodline? I um, think the Rock is not scary enough. If that makes sense. Like you you can't have the Rock do it because we because the Rock we we seen the Rock be a face. Fatu we never seen him in the WWE. You know, we never seen this guy. We we need someone that we've never seen. Kind of like a one of those MCU villains that's just as plain evil. You know mm. what I mean? Like he's just a plain heel. Like, all right, this guy's a bad dude. That's all he knows how to be. He's just a bad dude. No, no remorse, no type of vibe. And I think it, it would work, but it would have to, you know, you're talking about an execution of a storyline that would be very, very difficult. And if you want to do that, my my royalties are available. But I, I just think you cannot have Roman retire as a heel. You just cannot have that happen. I don't think you can either. I, and I, I do believe that there is a a timeline, and I think we're on that timeline, where the end goal is Roman Reigns as a babyface. I, I I don't know exactly how we get there. You know, I think you presented. I just told a, you how. Well, I just told you. I was how. about to say you presented a pretty plausible way of how we get there. Um, it's gorgeous. It's not pretty. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It's L.A. Knight good. Oh, it's, you know? is it glaze good? L.A. Knight oh, glaze. Like, is it glaze way, certified? Coming back at it, L.A. Knight's body looking fit. He's looking jacked. He's looking great today. He 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 looked great on Raw, which Thank like you. it's it's like okay, His hair so looks great. So no this brand split? Is this just like a, are we, can we, can we just say it's dead? You know, can we just uh, collectively as a unit say like the brand split just doesn't matter? I don't know. I don't know because the, the creative still brings it up with these signings. I guess. Yeah. We still have the, the feud, right? Adam Between Pierce Adam Pierce, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. That's still Who'd going on. With? Who's you signing with? Uh, I mean, like. <laughs> if, if they come to you, it's like Santi, we need a correspondent right now and it, yeah and it's just a segment where you're like a pre-show post-show guy oh i mean right now give me give me smackdown give me smackdown no no give me raw i want i want to be on netflix give me raw too late uh, <laughs> i'm locked in <laughs> i can't change this There's fictional no scenario no split, bro okay <laughs> you cannot blend that's why i was trying to tell you la night being on raw <laughs> should have been a bigger deal but they didn't do it wanted to ask you about this road to WrestleMania because it feels like there is some casualties along the way. Yes, and I understand wrestling is cool. Go ahead and answer the question. Dang. Wait, what's the wait, answer the question? What's the question? Yeah. Ask the question. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this a press conference? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the December, November and before that, we were seeing the WWE experiment a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. here is Zoe Stark, this unknown have her in the women's main event of Survivor Series alongside mm -hmm. Rhea Ripley. She's facing off against uh, Rhea Ripley as well in the at Crown Jewel. We have the Creed brothers coming in, wrecking show, getting pushed <laughs> to the top, and then, um, you know, people like Sanchez is memeing them, like, where are the Creed brothers? Are the Creed brothers going to come make the save? Ivy Nile also getting that big push right off the, right off the rip. We had Dragon Lee get a big opportunity right off the get-go, getting uh, that semi-call-up from, from NXT. And then yet right now, when we look at the landscape of professional wrestling, all of those people that I mentioned are C-plot characters, not even B-plot characters. I wanted to get your opinion on this. Is this a case of WWE trying and it not landing? Or is this just a symptom of it just being WrestleMania season and you need to put a spotlight on the people that are going to be your money drawers for WrestleMania, which forces those C and B plot characters to take a hiatus almost 
where they aren't mm-hmm. really prominently featured anymore as they were uh, over the summer months and the in, in the fall months. I think it's 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 another option. It's C. The Rock pushes everybody down. It's just is what it is. It's the same thing that happened at LA Night when CM Punk and Randy Orton came back. They just shove everybody down, and now it's more about where the airtime needs to go. And it is B. It's his WrestleMania season. We need to sell tickets for WrestleMania. You you cannot have like I was watching Zoe Starks. I was like, she deserves better. Mm-hmm. They need to figure out something with her because she's great. And she's just lacking that connection with the audience. I thought, like, man, the, some of the things she was doing against Liv Morgan was awesome on Monday Night Raw. But I just feel like when it comes down to everybody that you listed, is just, there's just it's the problem that WWE always gets into every now and then. They get a logjam of talent, and then you have this situation where you didn't let them go, or they create a third show that no one watches. And that's what it, it comes down to. It. I just think there's just no room. Even if you had a third hour of SmackDown, there'll still be no room for everybody. And it's just, it is what it is. It's unfortunate. I just think as someone who is for the first time watching Raw intently and closely more so than ever, I feel like it's just, there's just so much ad blotter bloating Mm -hmm. that if you hopefully, I know Netflix is not a cut out ads, but if it trims it down a little bit, you'll give some more spots for these talent to show up. So I think it's just WrestleMania season to wrap that up. The thought up is WrestleMania season. And at the bottom line is just now the rock is here and we want to see what rock and Cody want to say. I actually, truthfully is that's what we want to see. Why, why wasn't the rock here? I like, you know, it's kind of like have the rock be there. Have them just show up or call in, do something. I think that's what makes the bloodline storyline. So baby steppy It's like, you have to wait like two weeks to get the bloodlines response. Yeah. We're at the point where, um, you know, if we're waiting, like if we're talking video games, game, the bloodline is game as a service now where we're waiting <laughs> for, for the next drop, right? Okay. I, I finished, I finished this, this update and now I have to wait two months for the, the for the next patch you. for the next battle pass. Yeah. We finished the battle pass with the, with the bloodline. Uh, I know. Do you think, do you really think there's no room for, for a third show? Because they have tried it before they did it with ECW a while oh, back he, and it, it failed miserably Two hundred five live failed miserably. However, we're also in a landscape where NXT with no recognizable names, obviously we recognize them, the the hardcore the hardcore wrestling fans they're drawing 700 and 700 uh, 800,000 people sometimes always beating collision uh, sometimes beating dynamite imagine a third show nowadays with a roster in the WWE that is bloated with a tremendous amount of talent if they are if their developmental brand is almost breaking a million viewers i think that there is a good business reason as to why you might want to have a third show, but there's also historical evidence that it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Like I mentioned, like Sunday night heat it's just never, it just never catches. I think it'd be bold of the WWE to go on Wednesday and just say, look, we're going to go up against and just literally say, we're taking out AEW. They'd win. Like, if is, it was a main right. roster show, they would beat AEW. Right. right. Well, even if it's, even it's mid card wrestling, right? And that'll be a dope name for a show, by the way, mid card wrestling. But um, I, I'd be it. It would work, but I think you need to be okay. The heavyweight title is a working workhorse, and I think you got to move the intercontinental there to that show, and you got to move another tag team. You got to split the titles on the tag Maybe team. New, we just all just new titles for the show. 
I know I mean, it creates maybe, it creates a logjam of titles, but it it's it's just I don't like too much gold, man. I don't want I don't want too much gold. Maybe a cruiserweight. Maybe I do a want a women's mid card. I think there's now room for a women's yeah, mid card title there, somewhere. There's definitely. I agree, and I think if they were to do a show and make it two hours on a Wednesday for the Ivy Niles, for the Zoe Starks, uh, the Shayna Baszlers, like all those type of talent for like New Day to headline, that type of thing. Like those people, the Tyler Bates and the Pete Dunns. I think you Pete could Dunay. have- Pete that's his. That's his name now. Don't, don't, don't mispronounce it. It's Pete Dunay. D-I-Y, like those kind of people- that, you mean. <laughs> baby Kratos, baby Kratos. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of things that you, it could work, but you know, wrestler schedules, I think that's a, in consideration already. They already worked to the bone, but if they create like a home base like NXT or even have it at, at full sale and say Wednesday nights, we're going to have wrestling and, and it literally triple H or even if the rock, if TKO and they said, we're going after AEW, <laughs> like what, 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 dude, what will you do? And as AEW fans that may be watching the show, I'm not saying like, again, people love to throw the word tribalism out there. I'm not saying it's just a matter of competition to bring out the best of both both brands, I think if you did that, AEW would seriously have to think about, okay, how can we adjust and how can we pivot? Because now it, it is a battle. It is now a, a ratings battle between the two. Because right now, I can't believe AEW is on Saturday night. Like, that's just a weird, that's a weird I, place I, to I, be. You can't sell me on watching Collision on a Saturday night. I'll watch clips afterwards, but you can't you can't sell me on on a Saturday night Especially show. Especially when college football is in full swing. It's just so weird. A weird night. So, can they do a third show? Yes, but I think for them to be relevant and to make it more like to try to get the wrestling fan that knows Wednesday night there is wrestling, you got to put on Wednesday. Sancho, I think it's time for buy or sell. We this is a new segment. I don't have a jingle ready for you. Yes, but. No, no, no new segment. But hey, if you're talented out there, Santi, we need a theme song. WIC needs a theme song. You know what I mean? A little intro stinger, a little something out there. I know some of y'all are creative. Make it happen. Get little, to it. Little. <laughs> <laughs> Or that the, the double J, yeah, double was. Oh my goodness! Every TNA uh, pay per view in the two thousands just always ending with his theme song. Yeah. PTSD. All right. Buy ourselves. So this is the segment, folks, that I like to bring to the table, where we just simply talk about people and angles as well. Do we buy it or sell it? Are you all about it? Or are you out? First up, Alpha Academy. Are we done with Alpha Academy? And again, I want preferences. Not I'm not talking about the actual wrestlers. I'm talking about their current run and how they're used and their gimmick. I just want to be clear on that. I'm not done with Tozawa, Otis, and Chad Gable, and um, Maxine Dupree. I'm not done with them. I'm talking about this current version of Alpha Academy. I think I, I am selling on them. It's just it, it, the, 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 the writings on the wall... Chad Gable is the only light. They're either a comedic tag team. They're a face tag team. They've been literally ran through by the entire roster. A single Ivar has gone through the entirety of Alpha Academy. Bronson Reed has gone through Alpha Academy. 
I think that it's time to put Alpha Academy to rest. I'm sadly agreeing with you. I I, I think I I think I'm on the on the sell side of things with Alpha Academy because um, even when they do get TV time, even when they are utilized, it's Groundhog Day. It's the same thing, just different beast destroying them. Like yep. you said, okay, we're gonna have a five week program between Alpha Academy and Ivar, where Ivar more or less wins just about every single match. And then they're off off of TV. All right, now let's do Bronson Reed doing the same thing. And then take a couple of weeks. And then, oh my goodness, I hope you didn't let, you didn't forget about Ivar because now Ivar is back to do the same thing. It, it really is Groundhog Day and it's been Groundhog Day for Alpha Academy ever since they removed Chad Gable from the Intercontinental Championship. And we told you first here at Wrestling is Cool that he was not going to be back in that picture. We hated saying yeah. it, but here's the proof in the pudding. They aren't even getting any TV time on Raw. Um, frankly, I think the only thing that could maybe save them is if somehow the fellas from Chase University get moved up to, to the main roster and then there's some sort of like university clash, you know, Ooh. schools of thought clash between Alpha Academy and Chase University. It's it, to me, that's like the only thing left for them to do. Bring, bring and put the Creed brothers in the mix. Why not? Why not? Sure. Why so I, not? I, I am sadly selling Alpha Academy. Can I throw one your way? Sure. I didn't, I didn't come prepared for these, but I want to throw buy or sell our truth versus Damian Priest once in a lifetime at WrestleMania. Are we building to this buy or sell? I'm buying it. I, I talked about it when I was watching Monday Night Raw. I was like, this has to happen. It's going to be a great match between the two. I think we need to see a serious side of R-Truth in that match for it to really work. And it'd be a great appetizer. It'd be a great, like, it has the potential to steal night, night or like day two mania type vibe. You know what I mean? It's perfect. I'm not a fan of honcho, head honcho, Damian Priest. But in the moments of against our truth, that's when it's at its best. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm buying this. I, I can already picture the them trying to recreate the Rock and Hogan stare down and looking around and at WrestleMania people are going bananas for our truth, dude. I would oh, yeah. I, I would love this to be a, a feud that actually is blown off at a major PLE, not just Monday Night Raw. I think that this in terms of as as an attraction, I think it it is one, and it, it's an attraction that should be acknowledged at WrestleMania. Here, here is the Sancho wrinkle. It is for the money in the bank case, <laughs> and our truth now has the money in the bank, and he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he catches it in at random times, and they're like, "No, no, I am not the champion, our truth. Don't catch it in on me." Like that needs to, I think for where the money in the bank is and do I want to see Damien as champion at this time? Honestly, no, I'd rather have our truth have shenanigans with the money in the bank case. I, I mean, the money in the bank case is already shenanigans. It's already uh, the, the buffoons tool. You might as well put it on, on the best buffoon there is on the best in the business, dude. All right. You're, you, okay. you go. Uh, the next buy or sell, folks. And you can play along, too, in the comments. Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark, we, we mentioned her. Uh, she looked great, I mm -hmm. thought, against Liv Morgan. And she moves well, and she's very physical. I just think I mentioned I'm, a, I'm in a buy situation here. I kind of showed my, my hand earlier. But, yes, a buy for Zoe Stark. I just think that the when the... the Trish Stratus angle did not work out for her and Becky didn't work out for her. I think she was inserted too soon. 
for where she is now, and now she has to work her way up. But I, I don't think she should be in a squash or losing situation, unfortunately. But I think she's going to have a great showing at that last chance elimination chamber moment. Yeah. Look at this. Agreeing. We're agreeing, Sancho. Yeah, I'm, I'm by on, on Zoe Stark. I really think that the only reason right now that she is because where she is is a symptom of its WrestleMania season. Sorry, ladies, if you are not Bianca Belair, Bailey, mm -hmm. Jade Cargill, or one of the champions, Becky Lynch, you know, one of these top tier women, uh, you're gonna you're going to be for now placed to the side for the yep. sake of building these major WrestleMania feuds with the biggest names that the WWE has. But Backlash is coming up. That's a B pay-per-view. You've got other pay-per-views that are coming up that aren't always these giant mega shows like WrestleMania. That's where the Zoe Starks of the world can once again reflourish. Um, and, and, and I do believe that that's going to end up being the case. I'm still, I'm far more optimistic about Zoe Stark than Alpha Academy. Are we on the same page about our big dog, Ivar? Buy or sell? I'm buying on Ivar. Um, I... I'm selling the gimmick. I will for I, I will always sell the gimmick. Um, and is it is it selling something? Is there like Viking helmets at these live events, or like a T-shirt, or like a like a mug? The only What's selling for Ivar, with dude. These I Viking think gimmicks? the only thing that's over with in terms of the costume, and it's because of Michael Cole, is Valhalla's antlers. Because Michael Cole is obs I hate. I it's hate obsessed it with the antlers. Like but that's the only thing that's like over it on, on WWE television. Uh, but Ivar is just consistently... I don't think this is... Like, aside from Gunther, I think he's like the best worker on Monday Night Raw. Like, on a regular basis. Like, there's no bad... There's no bad Gunther match. And I feel like I can confidently say there's no bad Ivar match either. But yep. that gimmick, man... The thing is, he's already at the top of where he can go with that gimmick. It's He's already at the ceiling, and he's trying so hard to be able to break through that ceiling, but it's just going to be so difficult when, when you're you. coming out to, to, to a CG Viking ship. Give him a Heath Slater. I need the money for my kids. Give him, give him kayfabe kids. I don't care. You know, Have him be this dad that's just Working trying to wrestle. To five. Working a nine to five, and this is his nine to five, bro. Is him working, wearing khaki pants, button up, shave the beard, have and with his natural voice. I think you would have great, like, so many things that you can do with that. And it's because it, it, honestly, he, he reminds he reminds me of a dad out there. He just has that look of a dad if you just dress him up a bit. And I think it would work. I think I've never seen that kind of thing. We saw Heath Slater again. I got to do it for my kids type of thing, but this would work for Ivar. And I think without his Viking partner, which his name escapes you now. I do apologize. I know he's injured. Eric. Eric with a K. See, at least I know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. At least without Eric, he just has nowhere to go. Dude. What if, what if they do a WandaVision style story yeah. For, yeah. for for Ivar where he just all of the sudden is just this middle America dad and, yeah. and Eric still comes back in his Viking gear like yeah. what are you doing yeah. <laughs> where, where'd you go <laughs> he's just over here having his 1950s home-cooked meals <laughs> dude, yeah with a comb over dude, it'd, be, it'd be so good dude it, it'd be I think wrestling needs some of that I we're already seeing it with Tony it was Tony Storm with her 1920s gimmick and her Hollywood mm -hmm. era gimmick it's working really well over there at AEW. Um, 
But I, I just think wrestling needs a little bit more of that. I, I love the idea of Vikings on paper. It sounds good. We've seen it try and try to happen again. What, what was it? The what was it the the acolytes? You know, with the and then what was that other one? Not the authors of pain, but those guys are NXT that were real good, and they try to do it. They have face paint, and they oh, have that. Oh yes, um, the ascension. The ascension, right? It kind of it's there, but if it doesn't hit now, it's not going to hit again. I think a lot of people are trying to recreate Taker in some sort of way in the brood, and it just right now. It's hard. That's the hardest gimmick to put over is a dude that thinks he's a Viking. And even mm -hmm. if we're a kid. It is know, a very I, 90s gimmick. It is. It is very 90s. Very 90s. All right. So we both buy Ivar. Buy or sell the final testament. This is right, hard. Uh, this, this, this is tough. Um, I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Me. Yes. Carrying Cross's faction. I'm leaning towards buy, but damn it, I'm so close to selling. And the reason I'm in the buy category is because I do feel like this is make or break for Karrion Cross. And I feel like most people, when put in make or break situations, I think you could flourish and 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 show the world why you are in the position that you are, why you were given this opportunity to lead this big faction with a legendary name like Paul Ellering in there. Yeah, like, here's the thing, man. There was a promo that Adam Cole said. <laughs> Would you sound like that? It's like, man, it's, it's, but it's, it's just Adam Cole once said to Karrion Cross in NXT, They've done everything for you. You got the you got the the cool entrance, the great theme, the hot wife. You know, you got the look and, and and it's just not working. And I feel like that's sort of been the case with Karrion Cross over the last couple of years. But this is the most that they've ever really tried with Karrion Cross. I do believe that as much as Karrion Cross has not been able to get himself over, I also don't think he's been given a great opportunity to get himself over. And I think he finally has the tools. Is it working yet? Right now it's not. But I'm going to lean towards buy. I want to give this a bit more time before I'm over here, you know, having a, a final testament garage sale. <laughs> I just feel like, when it, again, it's a hard gimmick to get over. This, this guy who's talking about time, very meta things, you know. I, I also as well, the only chance he had was Rumble, I thought. And he did not have a great showing at Rumble. And I thought he would interfere with Bobby during the qualifier. And I thought Bronson was going to be in. And I was like, Bronson has to be in. Somebody has to represent that area of the country, of the world. And no, Bobby wins clean. And I was like, well, where's Carrion? Hello? Did he miss your flight? Were you not on time for someone who cares about time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did that actually be hilarious? Oh, no. I, I forgot to reset my hourglass. <laughs> Daylight savings strikes again. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, I, I'm a right. I actually am selling okay. carrying cross. I mean, I do predict that if Bobby's still in the chamber, if he's not quote unquote hurt in an angle by the final testament, I think the authors of pain running Raf Shack in, in, in the Rough Shack in that chamber would be cool against all that talent. That'd be kind of interesting to see. Authors of Pain get some kind of that heat going in there and just destroying the chamber. I sure. don't know. Why I mean, why not? not? I mean, why, why what else are they going to do? Uh, I thought the Authors of Pain should have been in the Uso Penitentiary a long time ago. Mm. That would have been so sick. That would have been sick. That would have been so sick. Do we have Again, any? What? Yes, we, have, we have more. more. Okay. 
Yeah, we have one. We have we have one more. Okay. Two more. Okay. Can you buy two more? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right. Well, I might sell two more. We'll see. Solo Sokoa. Oh, dude, I've been selling this guy forever. Uh, wow. And, and I'm still I'm still saying on sell. That John Cena resentment. I see. It, it's a little bit of the John Cena resentment. Um, but look, I'm gonna say a couple things. The clearly the John Cena rub for these youngsters doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've been trying to tell you. Yeah. And 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 I guess they should they should stop that. I think that Cena is yeah, cool. I think it, I think it's really great that Cena is willing to come back and do the job for these youngsters. I think it's cool. And but now like now that we're talking Cena retirement matches, I think it should be an established guy like a Randy Orton. Clearly, it's not working for these guys to beat or squash John Cena. It didn't work for Austin Theory. It didn't work for Solo Sokoa. I will say that mm -hmm. the loss to Austin Theory I don't think was necessarily a I, I think that's a bit more telling that the Cena rub didn't work because they had Austin Theory there out there regularly on television and he just wasn't getting over. So I also have to put a bit of the blame on Austin Theory because he was given an opportunity to appear on screen and get himself over. Then we have Solo Sokoa with this just annihilation of John Cena of the likes that I haven't seen since Brock Lesnar did it to him at, at SummerSlam. And even with that, he's not seen internally clearly as good enough to be able to carry bloodline narratives when Roman isn't there. Because when Roman isn't there, they just like keep the bloodline off almost entirely. And when Roman isn't there and they do have the bloodline, they're just goons. They're just out there interrupting things and getting in the way as opposed to actually being people that you want to see lose. Because when I see a solo Sokoa match, all I'm thinking is, when's Roman coming back? When is the actual Roman match? When is the actual bloodline match that matters? And that's not good. I care more about Jimmy Uso matches a lot more than I do about Solo Sokoa matches. Because at the very least, Jimmy has a very infectious heel personality. Solo has nothing. I'm a thumb and I whisper. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just never going to work. At the very least, Umaga was... I got a thumb and you know, at the very least he was a big personality out there, but solo is just, Oh, I got this. Yeah. I'm not nervous. I'll do this. Like I doesn't do it for me. I'm selling, selling at a discount. I, I think the, the reason why you have to sell solo is because the rocks here now. And he just goes further down the the, the hierarchy. That's true. And, and there, he's no longer the heir to the tribal chief. I think the only way they could salvage Solo is give him more to do beyond the promo and beyond the whispers, not be Omaga, like you mentioned, be his own kind of person. And The Rock needs to, if The Rock gives him a rub and it doesn't work, and then that's it. I think the, where where can you go with Solo? He's a Paul Heyman guy already. He's the, the heir to the throne, and you just don't see the heir to the throne do his thing. Sadly, the only place you can go with Solo is not up; it's down, and then from down up. If that makes sense, because I mean he's already in the top faction, already treated as a top guy in that top faction, and it's still not resonating. So I yeah. think the only way to go is down and then a rebuild of Solo Sokoa, a sort of repackaging or doing something 
very out of left field with him for him to work for me. So the last buy or sell is we're going to go off the beaten path out of the WWE into the realm of the free agency. Buy or sell Okada in AEW. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. What Okada, at the very least for me, because I don't speak Japanese and I, when I, when I watch New Japan matches, I, I don't know narratives. I don't know stories. I just am here to watch the match. And Okada mm -hmm. puts on fantastic matches. My problem with AEW is that they've been doing, they've been trying, but historically for me, at least I haven't really been able to enjoy their stories anywhere near as much. Sometimes they just entirely rely on good matches before stories. And Okada in that environment where match quality comes first over story could actually flourish over an AEW. Meanwhile, in WWE, I don't know how good of a narrative storyteller Okada is because I, I'm not familiar with his uh, with that aspect of his work. I think that there is far more risk that Okada flounders in WWE than in AEW. So as much as I would have loved to see the Rainmaker versus Gunther in WWE, I weirdly actually think that AEW might actually be a better home for him. So bye. I think I I think what you you would need to understand about Okada is I don't know how the WWE doesn't try to do this AEW dream match situation every now and then. They tried with Taker and Sting, right? They tried to set up these unbelievable Hogan, you know, Rock, Cena, Rock. I think there's room on the card for a dream match with Okada and Cena. I think that would be really awesome. And I think not necessarily as a retirement match, but as you're talking about established talent. And I think if Okada did beat Cena cleanly, I think that would be a strong, stronger catapult for Okada because it's been a dream match that we've all wanted to see. Top guy in the in New Japan, top guy in WWE. And I think that would be a great way to start off his career in the WWE. But... I don't think you sign Okada, like you mentioned, I don't think you sign Okada for narratives unless he's going for the title. That's the only narrative you could kind of picture him wanting to do and take over. I don't see him doing like a Nakamura type of angle because it's kind of like, it's kind of too easy to make that leap, to cross that bridge. So where and, are you? Buy or sell? Uh, for AEW, mm -hmm. I, th I think it's going to have to be a buy. And I think it's Tony Khan's last, one of his last few cards. I think they they only have three cards left, and they have to wait for MJF to come back. And it's a good holdover until MJF comes back. It's also the old man. It's uh, feel. I don't want to turn this into the bash AW because it usually does with me. Uh, but I think this is also just such a symptom of demonstrating that AEW becomes interesting when there are free agents at play. When when it should also be internally building up your own your own arsenal your own youngsters your own version of nxt which you have in ring of honor but it seems to me that no one cares about people getting called up from ring of honor to the main roster meanwhile people get hyped about a tiffany stratton or a braun breaker one of those stars that wwe has built in their system moving into the main roster meanwhile aw doesn't have that they only they can only rely on those big free agent names which is something mm -hmm. that you can't control you can't control when they become free agents and you can't control if they sign with you so i would to me, great if he goes to AEW, but I still want AEW to build a great farm system so that it's not just relying on the once-in-a-blue-moon opportunity of Okada becoming a free agent.
I think that's a, a great tell that Tony Khan really hypes these things up. He talks about has announcements. He the you know the Monet Mercedes Monet the PLE dedicated to her basically. Uh, there's just so many things that he favors this new toy like you mentioned. I think that the biggest thing though for AEW uh, it is to like you mentioned to build out a thing and. I don't know, man. You just want it to happen, and I think at the same time, it becomes a, a situation where AW is just signing people just to keep them away from WWE. Yeah. It, you know, and I, we want WWE good WWE's done that before, though. They used to do that, to, just to just to re-sign their talent, to not well, use them just for, so that they don't go to AEW. I would say the biggest tell of it all is that Dolph Ziggler didn't go to AEW. And he would have he would have done really well in AEW. Instead, he goes to free agency, New Japan slash TNA yeah. Impact. Like you got to really think about that. Like why I just, not? I think Dolph he Zinger saw. Going to I AEW? think he saw the Cardona route, and I think it it really interested him I too. Think Cardona changed the business for sure. I think so. I think so I think too. A lot of people are, are, should should watch his uh, YouTube channel. And there was a couple on the Chris Van Vliet interview that he did as well. Phenomenal interview. And as a content creator myself, it's something that I try to figure out, like, okay, I always say that wrestling and content creating is one and the same. We all have our gimmicks. We all have our attractions. And I think Matt Cardona, which Chelsea Green was asked by Chris Van Vliet, will he ever be in WWE? I hope so. Mm -hmm. Because it would be, like, the greatest telling of make it on your own, cash in, and cash out at the end of the day. You know, get your big paycheck and out. Facts. Shall we start to wrap this up? Just a quick It's Cool segment of the week? Sure. I'm all, down. All right. I'll give my cool segment of the week to WWE's new production. I, ah, I love that it's feeling more. Well, I think the press conference is the real telling that they're going for a more sports vibe. Uh, yep. But I love seeing the athletes come in um in in the parking lot i love um if you if you've been paying attention and they've been doing like lower thirds as they make their entrance with maybe some sort of interesting fact like our truth when he was making his entrance in the wwe since 2000 when they go to commercial break like you know how the nfl does the yeah, yeah. They, yeah those they'll do like this graphic of of a player or or the team they're doing these cool graphics of the wrestler and then go into commercial break um so shout out to the wwe production it's been real real fresh and interesting even if um if you've if there's been a couple of hiccups with camera camera placements not in the right place um there was a weird glitch in the canadian at the very least broadcast of smackdown where every time they came back from commercial sancho you'd hear Yes, boy. Da -da 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 -da. For some reason, <laughs> there was a loop of the pretty deadly theme and pretty deadly talking every time they came back for commercial break for like two seconds. It's like, okay, somebody in production put this in the mix of like their like of the music accidentally. My, I agree. They've been doing establishing shots too, which I love. Like these, like these kind of swooping, panning mm. shots and showing the crowd and like the wrestlers are down. Like, I love it. My wrestling is cool. It's going to go to, it's going to be easy one. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee on Monday Night Raw was magnifique. His chicken parm line was hilarious. His interaction with Cody. And like I mentioned, him having his show with wrestlers have an opportunity to speak in a uh, to speak their storyline to continue promos and him being understanding how to instigate it, how to 
navigate it and then bring that to the broadcast, I think is great. He's going to bring fresh eyes. He's going to get the, the, the yeet thing over. He's going to do it. He got Nakamura's thing over. I love how they were like, Michael, you're not going to, Michael's like, you're not going to dance anymore for Nakamura. He's like, no, man, this guy's bad. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> There's so many good, like little things that he's doing that his first couple of weeks were rough. But now that he's like getting back into the groove, it's just going to get better and better and better. I don't want to see him in the ring, though. I, I think his he's too valuable to the brand outside of the ring and at the commentator table than to risk injury in the ring. I, I He was cool to see. And he had great moments in the ring with the Adam Cole, but Pat McAfee is really cool. And I think the more freedom he gets, the more we're going to get some random... Like, Come on, guys we, and gals. We got to remember the Stone Cold stunned, just drinking the beer gif when he's just on floor. It's that kind of stuff. Not a lot of people in the WWE right now could bring to the table besides like a Logan Paul where it's like completely off the script. I hope they use their um, his show. They've done it before with uh, Adam Cole and just recently The Rock. Yeah. Where they can do that thing that we were talking about earlier, blurring the lines of like what's <laughs> real, what's a work, what what's what's something that happened in the real world of the Pat McAfee show where they're kind of out of character, but now it has all of us wondering, was that in character? Was that out of character? I don't know. I want to see more can of that. You my, I can imagine what it's like to be like a hardcore football, college football fan, but be like, here goes Pat on his wrestling thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, at least he's converting. And I would argue Pat McAfee is, is, is here's a SAT thing. Pat McAfee is to the WWE is what Taylor Swift is to the NFL. I like that. Yeah. All some right. More, more, more academic stuff from y'all. <laughs> academic, some Gatsby. Yes. Dude, you're getting everything here. You're getting all of your... Yeah, you, why even go to university? You can just listen to the Wrestling is Cool podcast. Sancho, let's wrap things up. I know you are now diving into the world of professional wrestling content creation. Tell us a little bit about it before we wrap things up. The buzzer went off and I ran in my music hit. Uh, I have a TikTok reaction wrestling channel as well called Sancho West Wrestling. Someone someone recommended should it be Sancho Wrestling, but that's too clever for y'all. We got to <laughs> keep it simple for socials. I, I got to say the SEO, the search engine would not have liked that. So Sancho West Wrestling on TikTok. I did my first reaction watch party on Monday Night Raw. Yes, I'm competing with. Santi, we're going head to head, but in order to be the best, I got to beat the best. Uh, I think we're going to raise all waters when it comes down to it. Uh, Santi is unrated, uncensored. I'm more family friendly, more PG, just to give you an alternative. Uh, I will be for Monday night and SmackDown, things of that sort on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Sancho West. And uh, yeah, Sancho West Wrestling. It's going to be really fun. One thing I wanted to point out. Uh, shout out to Con Man for coming by and shout out to you, Santi, for reposting the content. But I feel watching wrestling in this way versus like a podcast, I was much more intimate. And it was interesting as well as where I see the allure of watch parties is like I'm gathering a community of people like you said this like a million times, Santi. And I heard you say it so much is when you're a wrestling fan, you don't have a place to talk to wrestling with. I don't have a place at home to talk wrestling with. I don't have a place in my city to go to to watch wrestling events. I oftentimes watch wrestling alone. Um, and it sucks, to be honest with you. It really does. And that's why I always gravitated toward your stuff, Santi. And 
I want to form a community of people as well to watch wrestling with, and I hope you watch wrestling alongside with me. And I will watch. I don't know how if I could post Elimination Chamber content, but I will watch Party the PLE. So make sure you go check That's it out. Spell. We need we guys. We need him to succeed. We need to like engulf him so that he fully embraces the world of professional wrestling content creation. Let me tell you something, Sancho. Once you're in, you are in. <laughs> It's fun, man. I, I like it. it. It was, like I said, I think it I, it made me much more it's intimate true. with it. it, it yeah. yeah, like it, it it make, when I started the watch parties, like, I was like, I'm never not doing this for when I watch wrestling again. Like, I loved having people to be able to say, oh, that was stupid. Oh, that was awesome. Or just, just people yeah. to be able to geek out about. Because, yeah, like I. And I, I used to do this watch parties a long time ago. Yeah. Before, like long time ago it just wasn't the audience wasn't there for it it was too 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 new i remember yeah, it was way too like, niche yeah by then everyone people were like what are you doing i'm like i'm watching raw i was like can we see it? i was like no i know that's still the term today but i i was doing it a long time ago i forgot what was happening on raw but at the same time the product is not as good as it is now like WWE is is right now it's, it's so good mm-hmm Folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wrestling is Cool as always. Break the Snake Roberts. Break. <laughs> If you wanted the episode three days early, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Santi's app. You are getting the raw reviews, NXT reviews, SmackDown reviews, this podcast three days early. We're working on Sancho also bringing in some regular content into the Patreon as well. Trust me, this is going to be the best $5 you've ever spent. A month. It's easy. It's so easy. You got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wrestling is Cool. Take care and be wonderful people. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wrestling is Cool. Thank you for making this one of the most successful fan-run wrestling podcasts on the planet. It's kind of crazy to say that. A special thank you to our patrons at the $15 tier who are the producers of the show. So a special thank you goes out to 2022 Benjamin, Abel Rodriguez, Ben Calloway, Blake, Buxo, CB, Cody Cook, Connor Williamson, Crunchy Tomato 20, Dominic McDonald, Gavin Alves, Ileana, Jennifer Johnson, Jonah Reed, Jonathan Daly, Lil Shifu, Lucas Wittenhagen, Mako Mac Gaming, Malik Graham, Manu235, Mason Lott, Michael Glass, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Ollie, Owen Miller, Papaya King, Reese Dowd, Robert Dalton, Rodolfo Reyes, Ryan Yalovic, uh, Riley Johnson, Squishy, Stucky, Sullivan Mayer, Super Malachi Galaxy, The Bee Meister, Tom Lehman, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Whip One, Xavier Exquerdo, Yao Parda, Yellow Wonton, and Zerg Zito. I love that this list keeps getting bigger every week. So again, thank you so much for being a producer on this show and take care and we'll see you in next week.